the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back. Thursday, May 19th, 2022. Uh, we are doing open lines today. Tomorrow we're uh, loaded with some interesting guests, so I wanted to give you the opportunity uh, to ventilate anything uh, uh, on your mind, ask anything you want, uh, contribute anything you want. 602-508-0960. I will put my monologue, I'll do my monologue at the top of the third hour, starting at uh, 5 o'clock, just after the top of the hour news. It's uh, it's about a local education uh, problem here, which is really a national education problem, which might be an international education problem. But it's about um, a school here that is doing its best to um, to uh, use children, use children for political purposes of adults. And it disorients them in ways that are not only confusing, but are just simply biased and worse than that wrong. We'll get to that in the third hour. We'll talk a little bit about education along the way, too, if you'd like. want to also re- uh, reprise something folks seem to want to talk a lot about yesterday that we didn't have a chance to get to all of you on and re-invite you to call in or those of you that wrote in, call in and contribute, which is uh, it was sparked by Elon Musk declaring that he is now going to uh, vote Republican for the first time in his life. And he said the two major issues, kind of interesting, he said the two major issues, remember what they were, Bill? Unions and tort lawyers. And certainly that is uh, the the problems with uh, unions and the problems with the tort bar have been in the sights of conservatives for a long time. Usually secondary, if not tertiary issues, but important nonetheless, agreed. But kind of an interesting thing that he cited those two things. No one really thinks of those two things as major converters to the Republican Party. It's perfectly fine in in many senses. Most of all, something I've been saying and I've experienced uh, in my in my political conversion. Many of you know I started off in political life as what you would call a socialist. I was part of the youth socialist uh, movement and um, changed in college. Happy to always talk about that as well. But one of the things I found then and I have found with other people who have converted to the Republican Party, the conservative movement, has been they get in on an issue that is important to them. They get in on an issue that they have been, shall we say, enlightened upon or woken up upon, and they start circulating by in in, in the movement that you know represents their views, conservative or Republican, whatever you want to call it. And they start reading about other issues or other takes the conservative movement has on those other issues, other takes the Republican Party has on those issues. And they find more and more increasingly an agreement with the Republican Party on those things. And in short enough order, uh, they become more and more comfortable with the rest of the agenda that conservatism has to offer, that the Republican Party has to offer. And then they become, you know, fully, uh, fully fledged conservatives. Republicans, which I hope is and will be the case 
for Elon Musk. But it does ask that question or beg the question I was asking yesterday. What is it that constitutes a Republican? What is it that makes uh, uh, the Repu- what, what constitutes the Republican Party and what makes someone a Republican generally? Um, we have been through this on what is conservatism. And we talked with Matt Continetti uh, about two weeks ago on his brand new book, The Right, which is a history of the modern conservative movement. He puts it a little earlier than I do. He's probably right to do it. Uh, though I maintain that um, given contemporary uh, history that the modern conservative movement really started in the 1950s. Matt puts it more into the 1920s. It's not an important disagreement. It's just maybe a slightly interesting one for those that are real history buffs and history nuts. But in any event, happy to welcome you as to how you define Republican, what the Republican Party means to you. Most people would not say uh, the movement that uh, goes after tort lawyers. But that's okay that it is part of it. Uh, tort reform is a huge part of it, maybe just not the first. And I'll get into that in a few moments as well. I want to start really from the other side of the coin, which is um, w- with the text uh, from an op-ed Victor Davis Hansen uh, put out uh, this morning. And uh, he said he's on travel right now. He said he'll come on the show when he gets back uh, in, in, in about a week or so to discuss it further. But it's over at Real Clear Politics. And uh, when Victor is clear, there's no one more clear. It's titled, Is Biden's Success Our Mess? If an administration deliberately wished to cause havoc on the border to ensure fuel was nearly unaffordable, to create a crime wave, To spark 1970s hyperinflation and to rekindle racial tensions, what would have done what would have done differently than what President Joe Biden has done? So, Victor asks, Professor Hansen asks, is Biden malicious, incompetent or a wannabe left wing ideologue? When pressed about inflation and fuel prices, Biden either blames someone or something else, gets mad at the questioner or claims former President Donald Trump did it. His administration apparently believes things are going well and according to plan. I want to pause on that for a moment to ask the question, probably rhetorically, that I asked yesterday. Incoming presidents and certainly first term presidents usually try to take on one big thing, if not Uh, if not more than one big thing, but not usually more than two. You've often heard of the president's first hundred days. Uh, And we know that the hundred days thing is not exact a hundred days, but, you know, a little bit of what you might call a honeymoon where the president's given some free reign to try and exercise his agenda. And while I'm pausing on this Victor Davis Hanson thing, my query is this. Can anyone point to anything they understand Joe Biden to stand for in making his administration coalesce around or be known for one big issue. You may recall that with uh, Bill Clinton, it was uh, it was health care. It was uh, welfare reform. And with uh, any number of presidents, you can remember with Ronald Reagan, it was the economy and it was the Soviet Union, international threat of communism uh, with Barack Obama. It uh, was the Affordable Health Care Act or the Affordable Care Act, ACA. What was it with Joe Biden? 
what was what is it with Joe Biden? What is the one main issue his administration is focused on like a laser beam? And I have to tell you, I have no idea. It seems to be an administration that is responding from crisis to crisis to crisis. Now, COVID certainly COVID certainly was the big issue when he came into office. And you'll remember in the last debate with Donald Trump, he was lambasting President Donald Trump for overseeing 220,000 uh, deaths on his watch and said anyone responsible for 220,000 deaths is just not qualified to be president. That, again, was in the first year of COVID when it was known as the novel coronavirus. That also was prior to a vaccine. Joe Biden comes into office. He has a year's worth of knowledge. Everyone has a year's worth of knowledge on the not-so-novel disease anymore. There is now a vaccine. Joe Biden had availed himself of it. And then what? Then what? A 200% increase of deaths on Joe Biden's watch over Donald Trump's. I Whatever it was he was trying to do and trying to execute didn't work. It didn't work when it came to COVID. Res- restoration of normalcy, restoration of some form of norms that the left kept telling us Donald Trump kept breaking. Do you feel, do you get the sense things have been returned to normal, that there is a more widespread, if not deeper, calm throughout this country as a result of the Biden presidency? Do you get that sense? I, I don't get that sense. We have a baby formula crisis in this country. You can imagine what that crisis would look like or be spoken about if it were on Donald Trump's watch. You also probably, if you're being honest, get the sense that Donald Trump would have raised heaven and earth to avoid this crisis. This administration knew about this from February, since February, since February. I haven't even begun to talk about the Afghanistan withdrawal, haven't begun to talk about Russia and Ukraine, haven't begun to talk about a whole series of things. I'll get back to Victor Davis Hansen on the other side of this break. But it is an interesting question. I was reminding people yesterday that when William Sapphire, then Nixon's speechwriter, was in the Oval Office with Richard Nixon one day, some some months before Watergate uh, was a story, Nixon said, what will we be uh, remembered for in this administration? And William Sapphire took a, bo- a beat and thought competence and Nixon competence. And Nixon said, not good enough. Well, they didn't get to competence and they didn't get to better than that in the Nixon administration. But you get the sense, you get the sense from that story that great leaders want to have something they can be known for. They have an agenda, an inspiration, some kind of fuel for the ethos and purpose of their campaign. What is this one? We'll come back to Hanson and you when we come back. 602-508-0960. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Are you depending on your investments for your retirement income? Huge market downturns past few weeks can rob you of your retirement income. The Fed is raising interest rates rapidly and Wall Street is reacting with huge daily losses. Investments and retirement funds are losing money at a record rate, which is why diversifying your investments with physical gold from the Midas Gold Group could be a very 
good idea because gold traditionally holds its value when economies fail. I recommend calling veteran-owned Midas Gold Group to talk about safeguarding your wealth with physical gold. Don't wait until inflation or a recession robs your savings or liberal policies damage financial markets even further. Protect yourself and your family. Diversify your investments before you lose it all with physical gold and other precious metals with the only gold company I recommend, Midas Gold Group. Check them out at MidasGoldGroup.com. I own silver and gold from Midas Gold. You can and might want to as well. 602-508-0960 is our number. I'm going through a piece Victor Davis Hansen has talking about the mess that Joe Biden has uh, brought on uh, to the United States. And he writes, when pressed about inflation and fuel price hikes, Biden either blames someone else or something else, gets mad at the questioner or claims former President Donald Trump did it. His administration apparently believes things are going well and according to plan. When polls disagree, his team either believes the American people are brainwashed or that they themselves have not supplied sufficient propaganda. So they never pivot or compromise, but rededicate themselves to continued failure. Why? Apparently, what most in the country see as disasters, Biden envisions as success. Take the border, or rather, its disappearance. Never in U.S. history has an administration simply canceled immigration laws, opened the border, and welcomed in millions of illegal aliens. All arrive illegally and without audit or vaccinations and tests in times of a pandemic. Cartels now import lethal drugs at will into the United States. We have no idea how many terrorists are walking across the border each day. Almost all the entering millions who break the law are without school diplomas or English skills and in dire need of massive federal and state housing, food, education, legal and health subsidies. Do the leftists in Washington believe that millions of dependent new residents will look to the left for decades of support and soon find ways to reciprocate with fealty at the polls? Is that why Democrats brag in unapologetic unapologetic tribalist fashion about changing the demography of the electorate? We'll come back to that one in a moment. Former President Barack Obama's Energy Secretary Stephen Hsu once gaffed in the 2008 campaign when he openly wished that U.S. gas prices would reach European levels. Anyone remember that? In truth, the left has always believed the only way to achieve their objectives of discouraging driving, forcing middle-class Americans onto trains and buses, and persuading them to live in high in, uh, high-rises in urban areas rather than drive carbon-spewing cars from spacious suburban ranch-style homes, was to encourage fuel prices. Victor could have added, Bernie Sanders saying that bread lines are actually a good thing. But is that agenda why Biden during the current energy crisis simply canceled new federal oil and gas le- and gas leases? As diesel hit $7 a gallon in California, why else did he refuse to finish the Keystone XL pipeline or reopen Alaskan oil fields? Inflation continues officially to exceed 8% per year. Most consumers feel It is double that when they pay for food, fuel, building materials, houses, or rent, the essential stuff of life. What did the Biden administration expect would follow from keeping real interest rates at near zero while printing trillions of dollars at the moment supplies were short and demand was spiking? Or did it think inflation more fairly spreads the wealth? Does it prompt new necessary attacks on corporate greed? 
Does it demand more federal intervention and socialist policies? If inflation is bad for most, it may not seem so to this left-wing administration. Violent crime. It's on the way to 1970s levels. The combination of defunding the police, radical city and county prosecutors who don't charge or lock up criminals, and emptying jails and prisons have ignited a national crime wave. The Biden administration shrugs. It offers no new federal help to fund more police or charge freed criminals under applicable federal statutes. Does it think it is more socially just to let criminals free than incarcerate them? Does it buy into critical legal theory that laws do not reflect ancient ideas of right and wrong, but instead are constructed by the privileged to oppress the already oppressed? Is what Americans see as dangerous crime something the Biden zealots applaud as tough social karma? Americans are tired of the new woke tribalism. Judging individuals on the basis of their race, gender, or superficial appearance is amoral and contrary to the entire civil rights movement, not to mention the U.S. Constitution. It destroys any idea of meritocracy and divides the country artificially into supposed victims and victimizers. But do the Biden people see it that way? Or do they promote racial tensions and tribalism as welcoming revolutionary fervor? In that regard... The Bidenites promote identity politics as a good way to stir up the pot, to demonize supposed oppressors and deify the oppressed, all as a way of retaining political power. For the left, living in a socialist nation controlled by an elite is far preferable to living in a free and prosperous one answerable only to the people. The public believes the Biden administration has failed America with disastrous results due either to its incompetence, belligerence or left wing zealotry. But Biden and his delusional team seem delighted with what they have wrought. In some, what Americans see as an abject catastrophe, they cheer on as a stunning and planned success. Speaking of two things we just mentioned a moment ago, norms and what the candidacy of Joe Biden meant or means now that it is in office. You could say that on that second question, the same thing about his vice president, Kamala Harris. Couldn't you? She had been in the Senate for, what, five years before she became the vice president of the United States, five years before she decided to run for president herself and then become vice president of the United States under Joe Biden. She was, you know, a well-known political persona in the United States as attorney general in California before that. And then as a United States senator and candidate for president for about a minute before she had to withdraw only to become the vice president for Joe Biden. Tell me what she stands for. Tell me what Kamala Harris stands for. I mean, yes, of course, we know liberal leftism. Of course, we know that. But does she own a singular issue? There are some senators that do. There are some liberals and Democrats that do. You understand where Bar- what Bernie Sanders's concerns are, just as you understand what Elizabeth Warren's are. They have to do and happen to have to do with corporations and the economy. What is Kamala Harris's? What is Joe Biden's? When you are basically a believer in nothing except not doing what the other guy did, you kind of get a little bit of something called nothing, which is lack of leadership just when it is needed most. It is interesting to think about the crises we see now, 
They were not on the horizon when Trump was president. I wonder why. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. I was just thinking during the break, <clears throat> what was Joe Biden known for before he was selected as Barack Obama's vice president? The reason Barack Obama picked him, picked him as the vice president was not because Barack Obama was concerned about winning Delaware. Uh, the reason Barack Obama picked Joe Biden is that Barack Obama understood, his team understood, that he was kind of a new and unknown entity to most people, and they needed to show something like familiarity, something like, oh, yes, that suit fits nicely. And Joe Biden had been on the scene uh, of our politics since 1973 and was known as, you know, a moderate, uh, somewhat respected Democrat. He had been the chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee. He had been the chairman of the Judiciary Committee. And sure, of course, his politics weren't mine or ours. But, you know, he was known as, you know, an easygoing kind of Democrat that people uh, were not uh, put off by. Same reason Bill Clinton, by the way, picked Al Gore. It's not as if Bill Clinton was worried about winning Tennessee or not. Al Gore in those days was known as a um, as a as a as an old fashioned Democrat, somewhat conservative, but for his uh, moral uh, uprightness, uh, for his moral strictures, for being, you know, a very um, a very upright, morally standing man. And Bill Clinton needed that in 1992 after all the things he went through, particularly with Jennifer Flowers and the other stories. I was saying about what Joe Biden's career was in the Senate, though. Judiciary Committee, Foreign Relations. He was known for a couple of things. Uh, he was known to the American public for his leading on Supreme Court nominations, particularly the Bork and Clarence Thomas hearings, the Justice Bork and Clarence Thomas hearings, but others, and as the head of Foreign Relations. He was also known to be tough on crime. He wrote the crime bill. What was it? The 1994 crime bill. And he created he created the office of the National Directorate of Control of Drugs Policy, the Drug Czar's office. That was his. He did that. Uh, so much so that you may recall the first drug czar, Bill Bennett. Uh, Joe Biden would often say, if you have LexisNexis or the ability to search backwards uh, through the history machines on other Internet search sites, you will see at many times in the 90s, Joe Biden said he was actually tougher on drugs than Bill Bennett. I don't know how that didn't come out during the election cycle, but in any event, drugs, crime, foreign relations and the Supreme Court. Well, he's president now. He's president now. How are we doing on crime? It's exploded. How are we doing on drug use? It's exploded. Supreme Court, it might be at its nadir of legitimacy at this point. It might be. And he has said nothing, nothing to instill confidence on maintaining the norms and the regularity with which the Supreme Court should operate. Nothing. Not a word. It's astounding. His outgoing, uh, the most recent uh, press secretary, Jen Psaki, in fact, even condoned people protesting outside of the Supreme Court justices' homes. 
and none of them had any problem with the leaking of this opinion. Why did they have no problem with it? Why? Because they saw, thought it would serve their political interests. You sometimes get uh, the impression that it's not really the country and its norms that they care about, but the ideology they want to perpetuate or promulgate or instantiate in this country. In other words, uh, the ends justify the means, any means, as Malcolm X said, by any means necessary. Do you sometimes get that that's what the Democratic Party under Joe Biden has become? This, in a, in a world where every two months you think we get what should be the story of the year, starting with, I don't know, I suppose the Afghanistan, the failed Afghanistan withdrawal leading to 13 American deaths. Oh, well, you know, there's the music. Let me hit this with you when we come back. The latest news about the Supreme Court leak. It's jaw-dropping, and no jaws will drop because of the world we live in. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. Put in a word, my friends at Balance of Nature. They are our friends. They help sponsor this communication, and they make the best product I've ever taken. Their fruits and veggies, which I take every single day, have been doing for three years. It is 100% natural, a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables using an advanced cold vacuum process that maintains all the vital nutrients, nothing added, 100% natural. Go to balanceofnature.com for their fruits and veggies. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE for improved health, higher energy, and boosted immunity. We'll be right back. If you're looking for a really great, unique investment opportunity, I want you to check out my friends at Y-Refi. They are my friends. I like these guys a whole heck of a lot. You meet them, they'll become your friends too. Y-Refi is a due diligence approved firm run by really great people who are doing very well by helping others, and you can too. They're offering a fixed no-load interest rate up to 10.25% for investors, all in a collateralized, secure portfolio. What they do is they help people dig out of debt and do so the right way, doing the right thing and paying off their debts, doing so with dignity. And their clients see tremendous FICO score recovery along the way. Check out my friends at YRefi online at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then R-E-F-Y.com, or give them a call at 855 316 3087. They're a local company. You can visit them. They won't give you a sales pitch. They're just happy to talk about what they do. And I think through the power of that attraction, you will be even further attracted to them. I am Seth Liebson. 602-508-0960 is the number. I was talking about the things Joe Biden was supposed to be expert at in the Senate, whether it was um, the Supreme Court, whether it was international relations, whether it was crime. All of these things have been blown up on his watch or have been um, or have blown up on his watch by his administration with no help and no help in sight. International relations, I offer you Afghanistan withdrawal. I offer you an invasion from Russia into Ukraine. Uh, Supreme Court, I offer you a I offer you this story. How much of this story do you think is going to get repeated? This is from the AP. I have seen it nowhere else. 
Quote, the leak of a draft Supreme Court opinion striking down the constitutional rights to abortion has unleashed a wave of threats against officials and others and increased the likelihood of extremist violence, according to an internal government report. Do you know what that means? I'll translate it for you as someone who's read a lot of governmental reports over the years and knows what these stories mean. It means there is a credible threat against the conservative members of the Supreme Court, a credible, physical, violent threat against them. That's what that means. That's exactly what that means. You think that's going to be um, explained to the rest of the country, or do you think you'll only hear about it on talk radio? Yeah. To ask the question is to answer it. Interesting, too. Interesting, too. This story that I have to throw your way before I get back to the Republican Party and what it stands for. John Hinderocker, the science of infant formula. I mean, this this crisis is an amazing thing. An administration that's supposed to be so supportive of women and women's rights. Infant formula isn't in and of itself a women's issue. But as I saw one Democrat on TV, female Democrat earlier talking, she said, you know what? But it really is. It's not the kind of thing men think about a lot. It's the kind of thing women think about a lot, mothers particularly, fathers less so. Yeah, of course, that's a broad generalization. But I think we can all honestly say that point makes its own sense. In any event, in the nick of time, the science of infant nutrition has evolved. You kind of thought something like this might happen, didn't you? Didn't you? It's hard not to sympathize With this tweeter's take, the tweeter's name is NYC Angry Mom. She writes, Behold the science. The American Academy of Pediatrics is so flexible with the science when a Democrat is president. What is she talking about? Well, experts lower recommended age to feed babies cow's milk. All of a sudden, yes, we have now lowered the recommended age. This article has the background With pros and cons about feeding cow's milk to infants, the obvious question is if the 12-month recommendation had any scientific basis in the first place, why is it so readily changed in response to economic conditions, right? Right? Used to be a 12-month thing. Now we're saying this parent has a point. Some parents are questioning the timing behind the American Academy's change. Why is six months now the answer when it was 12 months? Why isn't eight months the answer? Where did the six months come from? It's 100%, in my opinion, because we can't find formula. That's why. It is amazing to me how trusting the science has meant trusting the scientists to back the Democratic Party in every talking point they could ever need as an allied defense of their political positions. It's, 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 it's amazing to me. Um, okay, back, if I can, to what it means. Well, no. Not going to do the Republican Party thing yet. I might do that at the top of the next hour. I want to get rid of this issue first. The other thing, I did crime with Joe Biden. I did the Supreme Court with Joe Biden. I didn't do the drug thing with Joe Biden. I mentioned it. He created the drug czar's office. Created it. He was one of the great allies in stopping the use of illegal and dangerous drugs in this country in the 90s. And even in the early 2000s, believe it or not. Remember, we did some work with him back then. Before he became vice president, he cared about this issue. It's now exploded. Has he said anything about it? 
Can anyone remember him saying anything about it? He has a drug czar, by the way, an office he created to remind. Anyone ever heard from the drug czar? How about the Secretary of Health and Human Services? Where's the Secretary of HHS, HHS been on this rising lethality of illegal drug use and illegal drug trafficking and the explosion of fentanyl coming in through our borders? Where's the head of the HHS on that? Where's the head of DHS on that? Where's the drug czar? Do we have do? Yes, we have one. Does anyone know that person's name? Has Joe Biden said a thing about it? Has the press secretary? A long time term for what the United States often did with. um, Well, let me let me let me let me come back to that in a moment. Let me let me come back to the, the combination of the drug problem and the mental health crisis we're facing. Let me first do this. From the Wall Street Journal, the latest tally of fatal drug overdoses from the CDC shows 108,000 fatalities in 2021, far more than in 2017. Among blacks, the drug mortality rate has quadrupled. Can I repeat that? Among blacks, the drug mortality rate has quadrupled. If you don't want to deal with the drug issue, Maybe you can deal with Black Lives Matter or All Lives Matter if that's too parochial for you. The Trump administration acted aggressively and directed agencies to implement several recommendations from the Commission on Combating Drug Addiction and the Opioid Crisis. It's included changes to prescribing patterns, treatment paradigms, and law enforcement procedures. The rate of deaths from drug overdoses slowed and dipped. Slowed and dipped, but then COVID hit with all the mental health consequences. I'll get to that nexus in a moment. The addiction and overdose crisis is now the most important public health issue facing the country. I'll say more when we come back. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show in the uh, catalog of crises that uh, the Biden administration is building. Uh, yeah, the uh, we talked about the crime issue. We talked about the foreign relations, international relations, defense issue. And uh, now I want to uh, we talked about the Supreme Court issue. Now I want to spend a moment on the drug issue. All of these things were the main portfolios and the main things Joe Biden was known for in his long career in the United States Senate. All of these issues. These were his four top issues. This is what he was known for being an expert on these things. In any event, on the record number of uh, drug use overdose deaths, apart from asking Congress for more money, I'm reading from this great piece in the Wall Street Journal, the Biden administration hasn't focused on the crisis at all. President Biden's most recent budget pays scant attention to it, while his national drug control strategy provides some resources, such as clean syringe programs. We've talked about that. They are handing out clean syringes, you know, because if you have a bank robbery problem, The smart thing to do is to hand out guns with rubber bullets, I suppose. But none of it is coupled with strategies to actually help patients prevent their addictions, beat their addictions, prevent them or treat them. None of it. Not any part on the spectrum. The border is driving the fentanyl crisis. The border border problem is driving the fentanyl crisis. And there is no help. None for those trying to beat their addiction. Most of the additional fatal overdoses post-COVID, by the way, involve meth and fentanyl made in Mexico and China. For each overdose death, more than 100 people struggle 
with addictions to these dangerous substances. I want you to think about what it meant, by the way, to close down for about a year, not only uh, church, synagogue, or other religious meetings, but 12-step and recovery meetings. I want you to think about what that meant. Fentanyl is not new to the world of chemistry. Until about a decade ago, it could be found only at hospitals and doctor's offices in the small quantities needed for medical procedures. Drug smugglers attempted to import fentanyl were shut down by U.S. law enforcement. In 2013, however, President Obama and Eric Holder decided to end the war on drugs and illicit fentanyl flooded into the country. You know, I was having a conversation with someone at a political event last night. We were talking about why the left continues to double down on things that simply prove not to work and in real time while they are proving to be a failure. said, you know, the left, there's nothing so strong as ideology. And um, to the left, ideology will beat fact almost every time. Fact and truth be damned. That's why my truth is acceptable. You can have your truth. It's acceptable. Truth doesn't matter to them. Ideology matters to them. That is to say, political ideology. And if it doesn't work, it just means we aren't doing the ideology well enough. How many times have you heard that about communism and Marxism, by the way, in failed societies? Well, they just weren't sincere enough about it. We can do it better. We'll talk more about all this. And what does it mean to you to be a Republican? Elon Musk just moved over to the party. What does it mean to be a Republican? Let me know. 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.